It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast, and happy Monday after an absolutely frenetic track and field weekend. I am Kevin Sully. He is Gordon Mack. Subscribe to the Flow Track Podcast YouTube channel if you haven't already. If you haven't watched all the stuff that came out of the pen relays, be sure to check that out. You could be busy for the next week just catching up on old track if for some reason you missed the last couple days. Gordon, are you rested and ready? What does that word mean? The word you just used in the beginning. Welcome back. No, frenetic. Frenetic. What does that mean? Chaotic. It's all over the place. It's busy. Frenetic. Is that with an F or a PH? An F. F. Frenetic. Spelling with Gordon. No, this weekend was frenetic. I'm feeling great. Uh, I didn't get until midnight. Last night, had a long delay in travel, but um, we were kind of living in the world of pen relays, right? We're there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. So much chaos, so much freneticness going on. Okay, is frenetic not a word? word? I don't. No. Okay. Don't think so. Well, Maybe Colt can pull that up for us. I, I, I created a good word. A lot of freneticness is going on, um, and we're kind of in our bubble of pen, right? But obviously, there were some other yeah. events going on. Drake relays. Um, and there were some really good sprint meets. And when we're sitting there, I just remember we were sitting there. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the end of Penn Relays. And then all of a sudden, pops up on our Twitter feed, Arian Knighton runs 1949 in LSU. <laughs> and yeah. we're like, wait, what? And we're like, oh, maybe it's like 5.0 wind, right? Yeah. Uh, like, Or maybe it's a typo on the tweet. And then, nope. Sure enough, we bring up the results. We see it's win legal. We see the the race video. And we watched this race video like 20 times in a row. We did our own little hand timing to make sure. We're like, okay, was that really a 1949? I did my own little manual testing with my, my cell phone. And it was real. And it, now we weren't 
doubting it being real because we think Knighton is a fraud. We're just doubting it's real because we're like, oh my goodness, we may mm-hmm. have an all-time great coming up into our sport for the next 10 years. And it's like mm-hmm. out of excitement because Knighton is 18 years old and he's just yeah. trying the fourth. Yeah. He's the fourth fastest human ever. And he's 18. Your prime mm-hmm. is going to be like when he's 25, he's six years, away, yeah. six or seven years away from his prime. And he's already fourth all time. And, uh, man, it, we, we keep on talking about us sprinting, right. With the, the depth in the, the 100 with the curlies and the Bromels of this world. And then now in the 200 with the Kenny B's, Noah Lyles, and Arian Knighton was always like the, the flavor of the, of the U.S. 200. He's like the young new guy. He's going to push it. You know, he's the fun little wild card. But when you're in 1949, you're no longer the wild card. You're no longer the little icing on the cake for the depth of 200. You're the dude. He's the guy. Like, sure, Noah Lyles technically supposed to be the guy right now because – Mm-hmm. Noah Lyles, the best U.S. runner, right? Like based on resume, he just broke Noah Lyles' record—not record, but broke Noah Lyles' PB. He ran 19:49. He's 18. He did it in April. This isn't. This is not normal. This is unreal. You see the progression here. Of night, we're comparing now Knighton to Bolt. We're comparing mm-hmm. Arian Knighton to Usain Bolt, and he has now surpassed him. He was a little bit behind him at age 16. 17, he was 0.1 faster. 18, he's now like 0.5 faster. It is just insane. And uh, it's also extremely exciting. And I can't wait to see what he does next. You watch this race, and the one thing that stands out to me is sometimes 200-meter runs look like two 100-meter segments put together, even when some – Someone runs it really well. It looks like, okay, here's the curve, and then here's the straightaway. For Knighton, it was one big, smooth race. Like You look at him coming off the curve, it just looks effortless the entire way around. And one of the things I looked at after like my jaw dropped, obviously wind, but then also looking at who's in the field. And you look at this field, and winning against this field by half a second tells you a lot there. Like Fanbele runs nine nine, and Knighton beats him by a half second. Like Fanbele's definitely legit sub twenty guy. Obviously, we know how good he is. He runs a half second better than an Olympic finalist. That's cause to make you just scratch your head about how how good he can be. And then you look at the other performances on that all time list. You said fourth all time, right? But Michael Johnson only ran. One time, quicker than that, Atlanta Olympics. Blake did it twice. Once at a Diamond League in Brussels, once in the London Olympics. Bolt did it four times. Once in Berlin World Championships, once in Beijing Olympics, London Olympics, Daegu World Championships. Knighton did this in a relatively, you could say, low-key meet in Baton Rouge at the end of April. I know we can go back now and say, oh, yeah, this was a sure thing. This was a sure thing. But there's a version of the story where Knighton makes the Olympic team in 2021 and has a solid career the rest of the way, but is always in that, you know, three, four, five, six range. 
Now we are presented with the other alternative of the story where you have an infographic up comparing him to Usain Bolt. And for once, for once, the next Usain Bolt thing isn't crazy. It's not hyperbolic because you have an 18-year-old run 19.49. And it looks like we're going to see this version of the story. Now I'm super curious to see when he gets against even better competition, right, in a meet on the Diamond League schedule or USA's. But I was completely stunned. Obviously knew he was capable of running this sort of time at some point in his career. I did not think it would come this early. I was stunned. Yeah. And also, I'm going to say this, maybe. It was kind of a bummer that he runs this incredible performance kind of in front of nobody. That he was running. He ran, We were at a track meet that had 20,000 people in the stands, maybe even more, going wild over every race. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Knighton were to run that 1949 in that, in that Penn Relay Stadium at Franklin mm-hmm. Field. It would have been cr- like, like nuts. They, Pandemonium. They were go- the Jamaican crowd was going nuts over like the fifth best high jumper, high jumper's second attempt. Like they were, they were glued yeah. into every single thing yeah, across yeah, the yeah. track and field. And it's just a bummer that we see this meet go on and not, not okay, it's like whatever. It's not like there's only going to be one track meet every weekend. I'm not saying that. But like, it sucks that some of our track meets are going to be like kind of empty and these m- incredible moments are only captured on a cell phone, right? By an mm-hmm. SID. Yeah, yeah. Like it yeah. kind of sucks that this historical moment wasn't really given the fanfare it could have been given, um, which is why we're trying to give it as much now. But, you know, all we can do is talk about it now and not really enjoy it in the way it was enjoyed live for those select few hundred people that were actually on LSU's campus that day. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, this, I just think, I mean, this is also maybe me just being a little recency biased, but the atmosphere at Penn Relays on Saturday afternoon, I was like, I'm at a football game. I'm at a co- Division One college football game right now, and it's for a track meet, and it's pretty damn cool. Anyway, but Knighton, power rankings right now. Gun to your head. Well, what's the order? What's the order yeah. of uh, your U.S. or world? Let's say world ranking. What's your world ranking? What's your top three? What's the? I was just about to ask you oh, that. Yeah. I wanted to go second. I wanted to go second. Oh, you want me to go first? I don't want to have to go. No, I can go first. I can go first because it's also interesting. Lyles ran 1986 this weekend, and that would have been the story. And that's a great result. That? And end of April, ran it in Claremont. Win legal. 19.8. Um, so my last rankings, I had Lyles, Curley, DeGrasse, Bednarik, Knighton. I mean, I'm putting Knighton one. I'm putting Knighton one. You can say, oh, don't overreact to one performance. But his hundreds have been good this year versus the competition, right? You have that Bermuda time that was crazy with, with the headwind. He got second there. But then he, he beat Lyles in another 100. And then you look at how well he did in the Olympics last year, and he's going from 17 years old to 18 years old it's not just one performance so i would have i would have night and one right now probably lyle's two degrass three currently not in the top three i'd have him four and then ben Eric five right now is what i would have but Don't tell i think that. i think all of it's 
grouped. I think all of it's grouped very close together. If I'm if I'm predicting right now. What's so great about the men's hundred and two hundred is that there's an argument for everyone being better than someone else, right? They all have yeah. their yeah. their thing to point to. I would. I think it's a group I mean, of five. I think it's a group yeah. of five right now. You have to have you have the four Americans plus DeGrasse. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because Fambula could potentially be join that group, but right now. This start is just not good enough to go up against to go up against people who are going to be running nineteen fives. I'm don't want to be prisoner of the moment. I still think I still think Noah Lyles should be one. And I it's more about like I think Knighton may be one year away from being like I think Knighton needs Knighton needs to have his silver medal or, or bronze medal this year before then next year. I think Knighton is the 2023 favorite already, locked up. That's sealed. He's going to win the 2023 World Championships. 2022, though, I still got to give one more year to Noah Lyles, in my mind. See, I think that year, I think that year that you're describing was last year. He didn't get silver. But he got fourth and was very competitive. And then remember how well he did in the trials. So I think that was his calm before the storm year. And then right now we are in. We're in the storm. I'm, listen, if it was in 1989, it'd be different. 1979 even. It's just there are some times that are so fast that they have to mean something. And this was one okay. of them. Has to mean something. What can Noah Lyles run for you to consider – him the fit like if you would have ran 197 flat yeah this weekend would you have been like well okay Lyles is just gearing up no because I think they were really close last year I think they're really close last year and I think that Lyles had that great race at pre at the end of the season which put him into that number back into that number one spot in my opinion but I think this was all this has always been close ever since outdoor 20 21. I, I need to see him head to head. That's what I would need to see. I need to see one of these men beat him head to head. In a 200, not a 100, in a 200. Correct. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Let's move back to Penn. Let's go to Penn. Thing Mo, 122.74 in the 600. Fourth fastest all time. Did you think. There was something that she left on the table that she could have got the world record in this in this race, or is this kind of what you expected? I expected world record, but I think she ran the race in a way to win. And you look at her pull away the last 200, she definitely had more there. I think it looked, you know, watching it, it looks really that first 200 looks really fast because these are mostly 800 meter runners and you're comparing it to an 800 and they look like they're just shot out of a can in the first 200 but the that first part of the race i think they could have gone a little bit quicker and they talked about that after the race i mean credit to Ajay wilson for getting the pace going yeah i think she could run quicker but it was i mean it's an incredible race her first time at at franklin field going against a, a tough field Here's the thing. 
it's like, as I said before, she's just perfectly suited for, for that distance. So I think if she, if this was a regular event and she ran even one more time, I think she could go 121 for sure. Yeah. There was a fun moment you said you had in the, uh, in the press conference where you got dunked on. Oh yeah. Yeah. I asked her. Yeah. I said, did you run it like a 400 or like an 800? And she said, I ran it like a 600. Too many laughs. I was like, you know what? Great. Good answer. That's good. I, I deserve that one. I deserve that one. But, ba- I really but like I think say- in that, in that same question, I think that's when Toya Gould said like after 200, it, it felt like more like an 800 and they needed to get it going, get it going again from my eyes. When I, I was commentating that race, it looked fast, but I was comparing it to a, an 800. So Great race for her. I mean, good competition with Gould, Ajay Wilson, and then on the American side of things, you know, Wilson, Nia Aikens, Olivia Baker. Those, there's going to be a lot of finalists from uh, U.S. champs that were in, in this race. So she got the win, which was the most important thing, and looked just in command over the last 200. I don't know if you can take anything else from it other than she's right where she left off last year. Um, I want to talk about this 4x15, though. Which to me, on the relay side of things, college side of things, was the race of the meet. You agree? Of course, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, it lived up to the billing that we put upon it. We we promoted <laughs> it like it was going to be a national record attempt. We broke it down that it was going to be between Arkansas and NC State. BYU mm-hmm. decided to go all in on a different race, so th- but they would have been in it if BYU chose to be in it. But the Arkansas NC State battle. We thought Caitlin Tui would be on that anchor and we could see some potential magic. And we see what happened is Arkansas ran a better leg on that final. Like, I think there was a strategical error that Caitlin Tui made here where Tui got the stick like two seconds behind Chrissy Gear, right? And mm-hmm. she decided to make a move. Caitlin closed the gap, which we knew would happen because, like, two seconds, 1,500. It's going to be hard for Chrissy Gear just to keep that going. We knew Caitlin Tui was going to catch her. The problem is Tui tried to make that pass way too early. She tried. She made the move, like, 350 meters out and thought she would just pull away. I like to think that if Tui would have stayed on her tail up until 100 meters to go and then make the final kick, they would have been a more of a potential for NC State to win. Um, but, you know, yeah. Chrissy Gear is also a 409, 1500-meter yeah. runner. She yeah. ran 410 split here. So it was going to be a tough challenge for Tui to beat someone, uh, beat a 409 runner who has a two-second lead. Exactly. Uh, but regardless, it was a great run for both teams. Arkansas shattering the record. They They both shattered it. I mean – we knew basically halfway through the third leg, the record was gone. And it was exciting to see two great teams, two great programs, you know, 2019 cross-country champs versus the 2021 cross-country champs. Uh, yeah. It was exciting. I think both teams – the theme was both teams just went for it. They absolutely went for it from the leadoff leg all the way through to the anchor leg because the second leg, NC State had the edge. And they tried to open the gap as much as possible. Third leg, Lauren Gregory of Arkansas claws back. And she didn't just pull even. 
with NC State and then sit on NC State's shoulder and then outkick NC State in the last hundred. No, the thought process was, well, I think they all had, at least the Arkansas folks, seemed to have the record in their minds. So it was go, 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 go. But also, they wanted to just put their anchor leg in the best possible position. And Gear was going for it. It's not as if Gear put on the brakes and then this turned into a tactical last leg. She was going for it. And then Tui was going for it. And that's what made this race so epic. And the fans were so into this one because it was move after move after move. And I give Tui credit because you can like break down every single little decision, but she put it all out there. And I, we don't know her official final split. I'm still working on that. Maybe I'll have that by Wednesday's pod. We still don't know her official final split, but I told you, I told you to text the it, coach. It's possible that she had a, a PB. It's possible that she ran a PB on this anchor leg. So what more could you ask for if you're NC State? Or if you're Arkansas, like both teams got the absolute best out of everybody. And she thought her best chance was probably a long drive from home. Like she probably thought, hey, she knows how good gear is. If I just sit, maybe that's my best shot. Maybe I need to break her from farther out. It was just awesome. It was awesome to see this race, this relay. This one and some of the other relays just made me think, and I talk more about this on this week's edition of This Week in Track. There needs to be a distance relay at the NCAA Outdoor Championships, either four by DMR, four by 15, I guess, but that's a little long. I don't care. There needs to be some distance relay at outdoors. It needs to change. Yeah, I agree. We, there are so many great distance programs in our, in the NCAA that like, no matter what, you're going to get a great, you know, championship style performance from these teams. The reason why we don't have a lot of distance relays at the world championship level is because World Athletics recognizes that watching Kenya and Ethiopia, watching mainly Kenya and Ethiopia run by themselves isn't great TV. And you don't have like a lot of teams that can put together world-class for unique distance athletes. I disagree with that. I think, you know, UK has great athletes. Australia, obviously America, like you can find a way to get a good group of eight at a world championship level. But at yeah. an NCA level, you 100% can get a good group of 8 to 12 in a final for a, a great relay. Um, yeah. And, hey, I mean, it was pretty cool. In the be- we mentioned in the broadcast, like in the beginning of the race, we literally saw the past three cross-country teams, BYU, Arkansas, and NCAA, yeah. NC State. Just like in the, it's like oh, we're watching cross country, the all-star cross-country race right now. It was, yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah, and it just feels weird. This was so awesome. You want to bottle it and save it, and instead, that's that's it. Now they're all going to go do some individual events. No, I want to see, I want to see round two. I want to see BYU at full strength. Get after it. on the men's side. I want to see Texas versus Ole Miss after what Ole Miss did in the four bite in the DMR and what Texas did in the four by mile. I want to see who has that better mid distance program. And you can go and measure up individual results when you get that NCAA outdoors. But I just think you got the four by one, you got the four by four. Let's just put one in there. We have one indoors. Let's just do one of them outdoors. Could be four by, could be DMR. Fine with either. Also four by 15 and four by mile. It's so long, but if you're invested in it, it's just, it's tense. It reminds me of the last like two minutes of a basketball game where there's fouls and replays and reviews and it drags on forever but you're just on the edge of your seat the entire time 
Um, we'll have a cool feature coming out on this race, hopefully by by tomorrow, a video feature that we can talk about on Wednesday. I was down on the track for it. It was just, the pressure was just palpable down there. Yeah, and as we, we can talk a little bit about the, the men's four by mile, Texas winning that. What makes these four by 15s and four by miles great is that there's a lot of spikes because basically every mile is going to have a great last 400 where yeah, someone is yeah. going to pull away or someone is going to get dropped. And you get to see that happen four different times. You get to see an epic 1,500-meter yeah. kick four unique times all in the same race. So you have like, oh, they're pulling away, and then it, and it settles down. You get to take a break for 800 meters. And then, oh, you get to go away, and then you get a little break, and it kind of pulls you in and out. Um, and this men's four-by-mile with Texas becoming victor had a lot of that. Texas men, they are – their second leg, Yassin Abdallah, fell. And so Texas was basically 30 meters back from majority of the second and third leg. But third leg was slow enough where Texas were able to get back in it. And Creighton Carroza was able yeah. to be in position uh, in that final group. And look at this. We're 15 minutes into the race, if you're watching it yeah. right here. And there were still eight teams who have all run, you know, three miles each and we're still like there's no separation which is what's great about this race is it wasn't just one team running by themselves there was a pack of 12 great ncaa schools and as we're looking right now at the final lap olin hacker got to give it up for him he gave a lot of effort in the dmr come up short against ole miss against you know no no shame in losing to mario garcia romo but you got to feel for him because if you watch this race here, Olin Hacker right now is in like third position coming down the back stretch. And then a little bit of jostling happens because I'm not sure what caused it, but you see the Providence athlete, that's AJ Ernest. He's on the inside. He's trying to split Georgetown and Nova and they won't let him through. And so then he pushes Olin Hacker and then Olin Hacker then moves out and trips up Alex Osberg and they go down and then thins out the field. Carroza yeah. still... Kind of on the inside, doing a little, my own little play-by-play of the race, and Carroza takes the victory down the home stretch. Yeah, different flavors. Those two longer relays, different flavors. Some people like this. Some people like the end eight. Arkansas just complete pedal to the metal. We're gonna see who the best two teams are. Know me. We're gonna go after fast times. Um, so a little bit of everything here. And they threw the water bottle here. I was almost got wet right there. By the way, I was just out of frame. I don't know if the officials were too happy about that one. All right. A couple other races I want to talk about from Penn. Cindy McLaughlin opened up her season in the high hurdles. Um, won comfortably. Looked good. Looked very smooth. Uh, technically over all of the barriers. Um, not, a, not a big surprise that, that she would have won. Runs 1275, which is just a tenth off her lifetime best and this was her first race since tokyo first time competing since the olympics in the four by four so to be only a tenth off pretty good sign for her we saw her high hurdle race last year set up the, the low hurdles everybody's obviously waiting to see her in the low hurdles and how quick uh, she will be but if you're just marking this as compared to last year and using that as a point of comparison for where she's at looks to be right where she was in 2021 which is a good sign yeah I'm, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know what to take from this race, right? Because 
it's a 100 hurdles. She's going to be going up against the little Muhammad in the 400 hurdles. You know, whether she ran 12.8 or 12.6 and she ended up running 12.7, I would have kind of all looked at it the same way. Um, she's the thing you get from it is she's healthy, right? Mm-hmm. She's healthy, mm-hmm. you know, two months out from worlds. So that's all that matters. Got to be healthy. You know, that she has the talent. She has world record talent. Health is the most important thing in that situation. And I'm excited to see her up, go up against Delilah, whether we have to wait, whether we get at USA's, which we probably won't. We'll have to wait to worlds, but round mm-hmm. what five or six or 12 of Delilah versus Sydney will be <laughs> must watch TV. At least, at least five. If you're just going U.S. champs, worlds, Olympic trials, Olympics. So at the very least, it's five when they're at the peak of their powers. I know they've raced in other instances, but those were the ones that we remember from 2019 and, and 2021. Yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely right. There. Everybody's waiting for for that one. And again, just good to see you back on the track competing. All right, let's talk about the Jamaican high school domination, though. I mean, Edwin Allen, Edwin Allen uh, on the women's, we got to see, you know, the the athletes that really made a name for themselves at at champs, we got to see them at Penn, which was, was pretty cool. Kingston College won the high school boys four by four. I was in the stands for this one. This one was, this one wasn't close if I'm remembering it correctly. Like, like, I wanted uh... it to be close. Uh, Cole, I wanted if it to you be go close to the because I wanted it to just get deafeningly loud on that home stretch. It was still ridiculously loud, but the margin of victory was so big. Uh, show the, uh, go back. Just show the, the, the stadium. Look at that lower bowl. It is completely full all the way around. I mean, it may look empty because that top – I mean, this is a stadium that holds 50,000 people. But that lower bowl, it is filled all the way around the entire track with, with fans. It was 20,000 loud just going nuts for this 4 by 4 Including including the Prime Minister of Jamaica. Yes. Which was a... Yeah, what's your thoughts on Kingston College's 309? I mean, for, first of all, you're thinking, wait, 309 high school? That's insane. And then you hear the guy, the PA guy say, that's the seventh fastest time or something at the Penn Relays or something. Like, what? <laughs> or, 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 I mean, it was just... It's just incredible. It's just incredible uh, to see the depth. Uh, it's incredible to hear the support for for these athletes. And I don't know. I guess I need to do a deeper dive. I know a lot of the Jamaican fans are rooting for their squad, but it seems like even if it's not their squad that's in it, they're going to root for a, a fellow Jamaican team. So if you're Calabar, you're going to be okay uh, with another Jamaican team. When like first and foremost, like you want to fly the Jamaican colors and you weren't kidding about that home stretch being all Jamaica. Like it was so loud whenever the Jamaican teams took the lead or or took it home. And it was I mean the, the prime minister showed up at a track meet. Like Yeah, I was uh it was crazy. I was walking like I was going back and forth between the media room and the track and I was walking through like a tunnel and then all of a sudden I saw all these like men in suits, sunglasses, they had like earpieces in walk by me. And then like, Captain, I was like, what's going on? And it was like a, a pack of like 12 people. Yeah. And then the, when the last person passed me, I was like, who, who, what's going on? He's like, it's the yeah. prime minister of Jamaica. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. And so, hey, met the prime minister of Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. Heidel and was we're thinking, one that. When's the last time a sitting president has ever gone to a track meet? 
mm-hmm. it's not the Olympics. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think the U.S. president has ever gone to a track meet while president. Right? We have presidential candidates go to track meets, but not sitting presidents. Yeah. In Jamaica, their 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 well, president is flying across, uh, flying to a, another country to go to a track meet to watch high school kids it, run. Judging by the reception, it seemed as if it was a smart political decision because he oh, was yeah. well received when he was out there. And then you just go watch. I, I don't know if I said this on the pod, but it's just a source of pride. This island of a couple million people, and then you go to this meet and you watch them just put on a show against a country that's so much bigger than they are. Um, but yeah, Edwin Allen on the women's side, Idell, it was, yeah, it was just, it was just amazing. Liston, the Clayton twins, a lot of, you know, potential future stars out there uh, competing and the handoffs were clean, Gordon. There were a lot of very clean handoffs. Yeah. They know how to hand off in Jamaica. Something that us American men need to figure out in time. Look at these, the margins of victory. The margins of victory, I mean, for Heidel and the women's and then for Kingston and the men's were, were massive. And they were still loud. They were cheering as if it was going down to the wire. It was great. Incredible experience. If anybody has not been to Penn, you got to go to Penn. You got to go I want to give a big shout out, though, to the American team, Bullis. The women got third in the 4x4. Four four. The men took second in the 4x4. Four four. So, yeah, Bullis held its own against the all-Jamaican field. So. <laughs> Put this up on the screen. What does it say? This is a TikTok. Uh, New favorite genre of TikToks is people talking about the Jamaican high schoolers' performance at Penn Relays. You're about to run against the Jamaicans at Penn, and the guy's just yeah. like disappointed. Very true. <laughs> there are a lot of disappointed. It, was, it, it is interesting because when they make, especially in the prelims, when they put like, it's like everyone, right? So there could be a situation yeah. where you're just like a local school in the Philadelphia area. You're, you're not any good. You're just like a bunch of freshmen. Yeah. You're just there to have a good time. And then you're like right standing right next to you in lane one or lane two is like one of the best teams in the world in the high school. Yeah. From Jamaica. And you're like, okay, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, in what other sport are you in high school getting exposed to other teams from around the world that are some of the best? Right? Uh, like, yeah. are, are elite basketball teams playing in tournaments against the best U18 Spanish teams or teams from Serbia or Australia? I, I don't know. Like, yeah, Not you can get often, enough competition in the United States. Yeah, you can get enough competition, I guess, in the United States, but just a cool part of track where there's this meet in particular where they're able to see and you get a broader perspective of, man, I thought I knew what fast was. That's fast. That's fast. I thought my district or my state was good. This is a whole nother level going against them. Um, All in the game posted on the chat, long overdue a Jamaican or Caribbean world championships. I agree. I'll be there. Yes. We're trying to go to Jamaica next year. They did the world relays. So, but, yeah, we talked about that. We got to go to champs. We're going to do a bunch of... Yeah. We got to get... We'll do some... Uh, yeah. I want a week in Jamaica. I get that. I've, already to- I've talked to Gordon's ear off about this. I need to, I need to talk to the, the, the higher-ups here. I've talked to Gordon about it enough. He knows where I stand on this. I'm pro going to Jamaica next year. Flow Track Podcast live from Jamaica. 
Exactly. Pod Lawson from Jamaica. Yeah, yeah I like that. Get as many schools as possible. Plus, I need the shirts. Yeah. I if if I can't, I tried to order some shirts. I went online. Merch shop was difficult to find, so I think I need to go physically there go with my money and go buy the shirts. I want to be able to do a month of pods where the only thing I wear is a different Jamaican high school shirt. I could name I mean, if more you go to, high school. If you go to Champs, you could you'll see all the shirts because they all sit in their own sections, and they I all know, wear like, in the yeah, same. Yeah, and then colors. I got to. Yeah. You just go you spend a day in each section and then you barter for a shirt and then you collect all your shirts. Could you name more Jamaican high schools or California high schools? I could name more Jamaican high schools than California. And for me, could I name more Jamaican high schools or Pennsylvania high schools? You probably can name more Jamaican high schools. Lower Marion, one. <laughs> Is there an upper Marion? No, there's no upper Marion. Ah, I don't think there's. I don't right. think there's an upper Marion. Yeah, no, I'm out. I'm out after. Well, your high school, Bethlehem High School. No, what that's called Liberty. Liberty High School. Ah, and our okay, rival, so definitely... our rival's name was Freedom. Ooh. So it's Freedom versus Liberty. Very patriotic town. <laughs> Freedom Age versus old battle between the two. Would you rather have okay. Liberty? Would you rather have Liberty or Freedom? As a high school, I'd rather have Liberty. I think it sounds yeah. better. No, but like in Maybe life. just because I've... Would you rather go in life without with Liberty or go in life with freedom? Well, they're, 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 they mean the same things. Yeah. Yeah, but you got to choose yeah. one. Which one do you We're want? sticking you with liberty? the theme of, what do you, what of do you grammar with Gordon today. <laughs> give me Liberty or give me... I, I'll say Liberty. Liberty? All right, good. Well, uh, freedom's a little more accessible because people say the word freedom a lot more. Yes. All right, so we did four by mile. Anything else from Penn? Or do you want to move off of Penn? No, I think, I mean, again, just the atmosphere was incredible. Um, it gets me excited that Penn Relays is back after the hiatus. Yeah. And I truly think, again, we had a bunch of, we'll talk about these meets. There were some other meets that were going on, notably the LSU meet, where a bunch of really good sprint schools were going there to run some fast sprint times. That's where Arian Knighton ran his mark. But, like, those schools, they need to come to Penn because if they were doing what they were doing down in LSU in front of that crowd, it is yeah. just – you got to do it because it's a crowd. Like there are – you got to go where the fans are go, right? You don't want to run in the middle of the woods in the time trials nobody sees. You need to go where the people are going and people are there. And for this weekend, yeah. you just got to go where the people go. So uh, I'm excited to uh, – see the the meat blossom and see more sec schools make the trip and i think hopefully you know they take notice and see well that's a great atmosphere i want to be a part of that and coaches and mm -hmm. athletes are like coach let's run a four by one there let's let's experience that so yeah and it was great weather too, so that was good too yeah by that especially by that last day good for all the events wasn't too hot for distance and wasn't too cool for sprints yeah, times were all win legal, but there were some tailwinds. Devin Allen got the win over Omar McLeod in a in a good race. Allen's been on fire right now. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that event. So all in the same day, Devin Allen runs thirteen eleven, breaking the pen relays record, good win legal. Trey Cunningham at the North Florida Invitational runs thirteen ten legal 
And then Grant Holloway, the de facto great, the, the eventual greatest of all time hurdler, runs 13.34 into a little bit of a headwind. Yeah. We have Cunningham and Allen running 13 ones. Grant Holloway making his 110 debut running 13.3. Hot take. Should we be worried about Grant Holloway's potential? No. We should not be. Grant Holloway's fine. As a whole, the United States is thankful that Grant Holloway won 2019 World Champs, so they get four in because you could get Allen, you could get Cunningham, you get another person in there. Maybe it's uh, Eaton or Roberts or Mallet or somebody else. I think he's fine. I think head to head, they'll be fine. I think Allen, obviously, he's running with. Nothing to lose at this point. He knows what he's going to be doing next year. And we talked about it on the Saturday bonus pod. That has to be very liberating for him. And indoors, he was good. Outdoors, I'd say he's almost gotten better. Because if you're running 13 ones now, his PB 1299, they did at the end of last season. I think he can get, he can get into sub 13 by the time we get to USA's. We could have an all-time USA's. Where it's not just Holloway. You have Holloway leading the pack, but it, this you know what this reminds me of. This has the potential of reminding me of Holloway's last collegiate season, where it was him and Daniel Roberts. Now the gap there was closer at the time than it is now between Holloway and everybody else in the U.S. But just in terms of multiple people putting up all-time marks, I think we're we we, we could see that because Cunningham, like look at what Cunningham did indoors. And then now look at the fact that he's running 13-10. Yeah, I think we're sleeping on Cunningham. Not going to lie. Well, I just he, said he could be part of an all-time field. That's not sleeping on him. What do you mean? No, we're, we're, we're still You're sleeping. You're picking him? You thought I was crazy for picking Arian Knighton in the 200 after he ran 1949. And you're like, you know what? <laughs> going, going Cunningham over Holloway. I mean, okay, I'm not going cutting him over Holloway. I just think, though, it is something, though, when on the same day you had two guys running 13 ones and Holloway running 13 yeah. three. And I get it. Holloway probably would have ran 13 one if he was in one of these races. But I do think Holloway is going to, I think, second and third place at Worlds are going to be like 12 nines. Maybe even at USA's are going to be 12 nines. Meaning you're going to have to be running 12 eight to win, right? This, I just think that the, the field has, is catching up to Holloway. And I think that's good for Holloway because it's going to make Holloway even go harder and yeah, yeah. run even better. We'll see yeah. even more all-time great marks. But the field is not falling off of Holloway. It is coming up on him. Now, they're not passing him yet. I'm not saying that. But they are getting closer. Because when you have a college kid running 13-1 and Devin Allen running 13-11 in April, that's going to translate to 12-9s. And as great as Holloway is, like, 12-9s don't grow on trees. So, Grant Holloway's going to have his work cut out for him. That's what I'm saying. I'm still picking Holloway. For the record, I'm still picking Holloway. I'm not dumb, but I'm excited about what Cunningham and Allen are doing. All right, let's talk about the 100. 
Bromel went 975 with a plus 2-1 at North Florida. Favor Ash of Tennessee went plus 3, ran 979 with a plus 3 at LSU. Then you also had a junior record from Let's Seal Tobago from Botswana. Let's Seal Tobago. Yeah, that he ran in Botswana. 996 junior record. Yeah. Start with let's start with Bromel. Man, 2.1. That's very close to being 2.0. That's a little Can you check that call? And yeah. 2.0 is very close to 2.1 last time I checked. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a difference of – what's the difference between that? It's 0.1. Yeah, 0.1 is – Colt did the math for us, putting it up. difference between 2.0 and 2.1 is 0.1, according to yeah. Colt's math. Me, po- 0.1 meters per second. Extrapolate that to meters per hour. Got a whole different Can number you there, imagine? too. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's also hard to calculate. What is a meter per like, – so one meter point meter per second. I'm gonna go one. Okay, I'm gonna do a meter with my hand. One. So now it's like that didn't look like a meter. So it's going a meter in ten seconds, right? So I'm gonna ten seconds. I'm gonna go a meter. This is how slow that wind is. Difference. This is great. If you're listening to the pod, you're loving this. It's not good. Six, it's not that long. Seven. It's not that much. Eight. Nine. <laughs> It's even worse. It's not that audio. long. So uh, what I'm trying to say is, nine seven five. That's like a nine seven eight. Yeah, legal. Yeah, and he's running sub eight nine eight in April. Man, this is the this is the worst thing about the the U.S. sprinting right now in the world is that there's no. We keep on thinking, all right, we got the guy. This is the this is the favorite, and then someone else does something. It's like, well, what about mm-hmm. that? And then another person says, what about this? And we keep on having these moments of Curly. No one's going to be Curly. Look what this guy's doing. Curly, come on. It's Curly. Then we have Knight and do that thing. Now you're like, guys, Bromel just ran 9-7. You're like, okay, well, what about, you know, Favor Ash running 9-7-9? He's a college freshman. And it's just like, it's overwhelming. The amount of sprinting is overwhelming for me, and I don't know what to do. I do not know how to process it. I liked it when it was a lot simpler, when we just knew kind of the, the pecking order. But uh-huh. these athletes are refusing to give us a pecking well, order because they yeah. keep going all over the place. Well, they need it's to race against each other. Yes. And we're getting to the point in the season where they're start racing against each other. And we're getting to the point of the season where they're going to be racing Diamond League fields. And we're not going to see every matchup that we want to see. But you could learn a lot right now from a Bromel versus Coleman or a Bromel versus DeGrasse or a Bromel versus Jacobs. That would help clarify things. I think 975, you're right, 2.1, not far off. You know, even if he's running nine, I don't know what the conversion would be in still conditions, but even if you're going 985, if it's legal, that's still a great sign. With Ash. Do you put him now in the conversation? I thought it was Burnett, Bowling, and Michael Williams. Who's our third guy? Williams. Michael Williams. Is it now a four-man race? Yeah, I think so. This is 979's real. 
again at three point oh, but that's still real. That's a real sub ten at the least. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's also kind of a hodgepodge. You know, you have a reason to believe in Williams because he's the most consistent. You have a reason to believe in Nash, Ash because you just ran nine seven. You have a reason to believe in Burnett because of indoors, and you have a reason to believe in Bowling because he's like just really good sub at 10, running. Sub twenty. Sub ten, sub twenty. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, similar at the world stage and the U.S. stage, the NCAA stage is also hard to distinguish, which is great. It makes it exciting for. I mean, SECs is going to be wild, right? Yeah, because Tennessee would be there, bowling will be there, mm-hmm. um, Burnett won't. But Pac-12 and SEC, it's like the semifinals, right? Pac-12 mm-hmm. championship, SEC championship. That's our final four semifinal matches. And then they'll meet again in series. Winner advances. Exactly. Single elimination tournament. Yep. That's how we're doing it. Well, let's stick with the college side of things. 100, but go to the women's side. Favre Ophelia, 1093. Continues to pour it on this year as we get closer to that women's 200-meter showdown at SECs that we're so interested in seeing. And then eventually at NCAAs as as well, but both her and Steiner can do it in the 100 and the 200. I thought we were going to see more of Kentucky at Drake Relays. They only ran like uh, the prelim, and then they didn't run it anything else. So I was like, I thought I would see a lot of Steiner headlines coming out of Drake Relays, but just for some reason, we don't know. I don't know why they pulled out, uh, but mm-hmm. it's kind of weird, right? Isn't that kind of weird? You have like one of your, your greatest sprinters in school history. And you're at a relay meet and all you do is a prelim. And then you're like, we're done. Seems kind of weird. So no? um, it's so it's so crazy how close these are. I just pulled this up. Steiner 1092, Ophelia 1093 in the 100. 200, Ophelia 2196, Steiner 2205. Winds yeah. are different, whatever. But Two weeks away from from uh, where is that meet? Solving that debate. You know that where it is? Is in Oxford, Mississippi. Col- I was gonna say it's not in College Station because I think you would need no. to go. Yeah, Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, Chronicle. Yeah, the year of the women's two hundred rolls on. Um, Oxford, Mississippi. Yeah, so let's go back to that meet in in Botswana because Boma ran twenty one eighty seven there. We know how good she is. I think the story was Letsili Tobogo, who turns 19 in June. If I'm looking at this correctly. Um, plus 1.9, 9.96 for him. Um, another name to, to throw in there. I mean, I just don't. We're getting representation from, you know, throughout the world. And obviously, you see. When we talk about how crowded the U.S. side of things is with the sprints, right? The flip side of that is, well, only well, this year only four can go, which means there's opportunities for other athletes to make finals and advance. And Tobago is only 18 years old. I'm looking at his progression now. I mean, he ran 10.11 last year, so and he ran 10.08 early this year, so. A, a good, a big drop in time, but at that age, not, not unheard of at all. I mean, we just saw what Knighton did. 
You know what's also crazy? Christina Boma is still only 18 years old. She hasn't turned 19 yet. She turns 19 tomorrow. May 3rd. Uh-oh. Mm. No, that's wrong. No, she turns tomorrow, May 22nd. I misread the date. Turns- Wait, she turns... <laughs> Sorry. She turns... T- what? what she turns say? tomorrow. I met- I, she doesn't, I messed up. She turns 19 on May 22nd. I, I jumbled oh, my words. Close, I apologize. Close to my birthday. Yeah, May 22nd. Well, and Boma did the thing that Ingebrigtsen did, which was you get so many U20 marks at a certain point, you just assume every time they, you know, every time you PR, it's a U20 mark. And then you're competitive globally. All you're looking at is gold medals and where they sit in the all-time list. Just, it's like a foregone conclusion that they're going to dominate the U20 marks. Ready for uh, the two marks that no one's going to no one's going to talk about? Sure. Mark number one that no one's going to talk about: the little Muhammad fifty-three eighty-eight at Drake Relays. It's pretty good. Four hundred hurdles, fifty-three eighty-eight. We uh again we were we were spoiled with four hundred meter hurdle incredible marks, but. Again, fifty three eighty eight in April. That's good. We still don't know the Muhammad plan because obviously she doesn't need to run USA's, so we might not see Sydney and Muhammad until the final of in Eugene in in July. But mm-hmm. Muhammad is still, you know, how old is she now? Is she thirty yet? She is thirty two. Thirty two. Okay. Yeah. So she's coming near the end of her her peak physical ability, right? Because Sydney's obviously still very young. That. It's going to be... I mean... You always you when, always say this about people, and you have no idea. You have no okay, idea. No, how many 35-year-olds are great 400-meter runners? Uh, outside of Allison... Okay, outside of Allison Felix. <laughs> outside of Allison Felix. Here's when the thing. When Sonia Richards Ross retire? Here's the thing with... Um, with with Muhammad, I think like her not having to run anything early season in terms of foreign hurdles is obviously a, like it's a huge advantage because not just from the perspective of all right, I can time my season later, but she can see what everybody else has, you know, which I think is going to be particularly yeah. helpful for her. I'm looking at last year because you go fifty three eighty eight, we're spoiled by. 51s now that's the okay that's a fast time you think oni oh, needs to go 51 but only eight women total ran faster than 5388 last year and one of them was herself so she's already if you're playing the elimination game she's already cut out all but seven women in the world yeah just in her first 400 meter hurdle Breaking. Are you saying she's going to make the final at, at Worlds? Is that what you're saying? She's going to make the World Final? <laughs> she's got a good wow. shot. No, I just I, – I think it's just funny because we – I see the 53, and before last year, I'd have been like, ooh. And before 2019's world record, I would have been like, whoa, already 53.88? But then when you have the you know back-to-back world records and championships, it's just – it just changes your perspective of it. And then the last uh, mark that I think is going is Joe Kovacs threw 22.46 meters in a shot. But more importantly, in his six attempts, 
one, two, three, four of them were over 22 meters, which showed like consistency. He threw over 22 meters, three out of five, and then on the sixth throw, he threw 22-46. Um, obviously, Ryan Krauser is the, the, the king of the shot, but clearly the king sometimes loses. He, 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 didn't, he didn't win World Indoors. Joe Kovacs throwing 22-4 in April. That's my, that's my tagline. Whenever I say it. it was in April, uh, but yeah, Ryan Krause is going to have some cut out for him if to if Joe Kovacs is throwing twenty two meters this early. So we'll see how that goes. But good performance there for Joe Kovacs, twenty two forty six. I think it's like his fifth or sixth best throw in his career. So pretty good. That was a shot put recap, Gordon. Yes, shot repack. Well. Shot repack. I bet my house on Krauser. I hope I didn't jinx him like I did Lyles last year. Who did I say I haven't bet in my house on? Did I bet my house on my own? I forget. Mondo, I think. Bet my house on Mondo? Maybe a thing, Mo. No, Maybe I think we have to go back and listen yeah. to it. That was the bonus pod. Speaking of bonus pod for the, for the YouTube subscribers out there, we're going to get our bonus pod this week. That is our promise. Yeah, we're late. We will get, we'll get you the end of April. Bonus pod, but it'll be better because it's late because we have more stuff to talk, talk about, about and go in a bunch yes. of different directions. Top ten times Gordon got owned at the pen relays. That might be a topic. Uh, what? What other athletes dunked owned. on Kevin during interviews? We do that one. Um. So on we'll, the site, we'll talk... okay. On the site, we have the 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 behind the scenes highlight from the men's DMR. We got the. Women's 4x1500, as I talked about earlier, that's going up. So people can check that out. Also do the sights and sounds thing from Penn, where you ask people questions. Some listeners of the pod made cameos, which was terrific. And you'll have your ranking show back this week. All of another race breakdown. I'm going to do a thing, Mo's 600 from Penn. Chit-chat more about that. And then I got This Week in Track coming later today on the YouTube channel where I talk about Knighton and the idea of the next bolt. I'll go into more depth on the distance relays at NCAAs. Um, and the difference between grandstand meets and infield meets, Gordon. I'm going to talk about mm. the difference between those two. Yes. That'll be on this weekend track. Love it. Uh, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we'll probably talk about this on Wednesday or Friday. Probably Wednesday. But did you see the news of who's going to be racing in Nairobi, Kenya against each other? Live on Flowtrack? I, I actually I actually didn't. Can you tell me who and when and where and all that stuff? Fred Curley versus Marcel Jacobs. 100? I'm not sure what event, but they're racing each other. And for folks who don't know, when does that mean? Uh, it's May 7th. So I think it's either Friday or Saturday. I don't know what day of the week that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday. Saturday, May 7th, live on flow. So that should be fun. Anyway, yeah. Thought you should know. Pretty cool. Check it all out on the site. Uh, Travis already posted a clip from today's show. Will Arian Knight be better than Usain Bolt? So that's going to go over well with that title. <laughs> fair question now? Is it a fair question? It is a fair question. Because... It wasn't a fair question last year because, sure, he broke the junior record last year, but it wasn't a fair question. But this year, 
It's a fair question. 1949 is rarefied air, and he's doing it at 18. He's not doing it at 24. Yeah. He has a lot of real estate ahead of him to, to, to tackle it. Now, it's a fair question all this year. He needs to – I mean, how old was Bolt when he ran his 1919? 1919. He was pretty young. Uh, he ran 1919 in 2009. A day before he turned 23, it looks like he ran it. So we have a, a long time for Knighton to, to catch Yeah, but not it, everybody's so. not everybody's clock is the same. Some people's clock no, starts but early. like Maybe this is later. Maybe Knighton's later. He didn't do track until later on yeah. in, in high school. Here's the thing, though, and this is even crazy to say. Let's say he gets the record. Bolt, it's not just about records with Bolt. It's about 08, 2012, 2016. Yeah. It's about yeah, pulling off true. that sweep three times. So you basically need to say, Knighton didn't get a gold medal in 2021. He'd have to go 24, 28, 32, which means we would need to still be talking about him 10 years from now, which is possible given his age. But when you are talking about is someone going to be better than Bolt? I don't think it's just a one performance world record thing. You have to look at the records and the. Yeah, and Knight needs to all of a sudden become like a nine six guy in the hundred, which we're not. We don't think will happen yet. So I think Kevin froze. Kevin froze on us. Let's just hang it up. But yeah, if Knight wants to be Bolt. Not only does the guy improve his 200 still more, but he needs to become like a 9-600 meter guy, which we don't know of is going to happen yet. But anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Colt. Thanks to Travis. Thanks to Kevin. Like, subscribe. We'll be back Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Central. See you then.